You're listening to Inside Lebo, a podcast giving you an inside look at Mount Lebanon, Pennsylvania, hosted by Assistant Municipal Manager and Municipal Planner Ian McMeans and Assistant Public Information Officer and Online Editor Stephanie Hackey. Welcome to another episode of Inside Lebo. I'm your host, Assistant Municipal Manager and Municipal Planner Ian McMeans. And I'm Assistant Public Information Officer and Online Editor Stephanie Hackey. With the holiday season approaching, it's a great time to think about fire safety. That's right. Cooking fires and candle fires are the top two fires reported in Mount Lebanon. Did you know that? I did not until just now, so that's great information. And it's very easy over the holiday season to get distracted if you have family and friends over and opening presents and throwing wrapping paper all over the place and trying to clean up or get food ready or anything that you do. Uh, So that's why today we've asked Lieutenant Chris Siegert from the Mount Lebanon Fire Department to join us and talk about fire safety. Thanks for joining us, Chris. Oh, I'm happy to be here. So since we just learned this fun fact that cooking fires and candle fires are the top two uh, fire calls that are reported to the fire department, um, on average, about how many kitchen fires would you say the department responds to? About half the fires that we respond to every year start in the kitchen. We do our best to confine them to the kitchen so that they're getting out of the room. And uh, this is the time of year where we start to see it the most. This starts in the holiday season and in the fall as we're all getting together and starting to celebrate different things. What kind of cooking fires are you seeing? Are they on top of the stove? Are they, you know, water boiling over? Someone burning their eggs? Is it turkeys? What, what is kind of the big... Yes. All uh, of them? We, <laughs> we see it all. Some of the fires, the fire most likely to turn into a house fire that's not confined to the actual oven and to the stove are the ones that start on the fire. Uh, many of those start as unattended cooking. We're frying okay. food or we're boiling or using high heat on the stove top or if we have items being left on the stove that should not be there. We go to a fire at least twice a year that starts as a pizza box or a donut box that is left on the stove instead of the counter. And, and then they turn on the heat or they turn on the... Sometimes the stoves are off. So a few families have adamantly sworn that the stoves are off when they do it, but we've had dogs running around the house with pizza breath after that. (laughs) And they won't confess, but we have a pretty good idea for how that fire started. Yep, I'm sure. (laughs) Um, Do they also start in the oven as well? Where where do they start? Microwave? Things like that? Uh, Microwave fires can start but tend to stay put. They just create a lot of smoke. Uh, and that can be popcorn is probably the number one cause of heavy smoke conditions in microwave related incidents. So you're having a movie night, make sure you're, you're watching your microwave then. Yeah, the difference between three minutes and three minutes and 15 seconds can be pretty significant with this microwave popcorn sometimes. And, uh, that sounds about right based yep. on my college dorm experience <laughs> of someone setting it off all the time, making popcorn. Yep. So fires in the oven are most likely to occur on days we're doing heavy cooking. The number one day of the year to have an oven fire is actually Thanksgiving. Oh, wow. Okay. Interesting. And why is that? We're cooking. A lot of us are cooking for families for the entire day. So we've got stuff in the oven. We've got things dripping onto the bottom. We have an oven that may not have been cleaned beforehand. And yeah, you can throw that pizza in there in there for 10 minutes and heat it up and the bottom's not going to get hot enough to ignite the drippings and the stuff that's been collecting over the year. Uh, But when you put that turkey or that ham in there and roast it for four hours. That makes sense, yeah. 
So what are some of the best ways to avoid a cooking fire? Uh, being present and mentally present, not just sitting in the room in the kitchen, but being off the phone and not being so absorbed in what you're doing that you're actually aware of what's happening around you. If you're using high heat on the stovetop, you need to be involved with what you're doing. Uh, if you have something in the oven, then use a timer. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not the time to turn the oven on and go to the movies. <laughs> People do that? It's happened. Oh, wow. wow. I can't imagine. I'm so fire conscious that I would never do that. But <laughs> Well, they, they won't do it again. Absolutely not. I'm sure they learned their lesson. <laughs> um, but that was something where it was a heavy heat condition inside the actual home. The oven can find it, but the amount of smoke that you see, I'm sorry, a heavy smoke condition, not heavy heat condition. Yeah. Uh, it spread smoke throughout the house. And we've had that typically around the holidays where food is either being forgotten on the stove. This right. has happened with eggs in the spring. This has happened with things in the oven that people didn't realize we were there. Were there. Um, and if you have a fire in your oven and you do nothing more aside from turn the heat off and keep the door shut, you have taken away your heat source and you've taken away your oxygen supply of that fire. And that's still something where we encourage you to call us even if you're pretty sure everything's fine. Right. Uh, we can verify that nothing's gotten through the bottom of the oven. Recently we went to a fire in, out of town in a neighboring community where the fire in the oven extended into the storage underneath the oven. Oh, wow. Okay. And thankfully nobody got hurt from that, right. but people were using that to store plastic bags and uh, Tupperware containers. It all can light up then. It all can... And that all lit up. That's crazy. And so it's easy enough for us to do it, to go and make sure everything's good. We'd rather come and make sure that things are fine at 3 in the afternoon right. with two guys yeah. than come and show Middle up at 3 night. in the morning because now you have a whole house fire. So it's not a bother. That's our job. Yeah. So. So anytime there's a fire, call you guys. Say, come on out and have them look. I mean, it's quite literally our job. So <laughs> we, we like being feeling right. like we're needed, and it gives us time. That It gives us the ability to come and make sure everything's safe. It lets you sleep at night without wondering yep. what that sound is or what Absolutely. that smell is. And we're not going to come and rip all your cabinets off the wall because you had a small fire in your stove. So we have uh, thermal imaging cameras, which let us see small embers and small hot spots in the wall. We can wet stuff down using uh, extinguishers with special chemicals in it that prevent us from creating more damage than anything that the fire may have done. Very interesting. So we're talking the holidays and you know turkey is always a big meal. Um, I've heard that deep frying your bird can actually be dangerous if you don't do it if if you do it inside or you know it has to be down outside things like that can you talk to me about the safe ways to deep fry a bird if you're uh, gonna turkey. if you're gonna deep fry a turkey which i have never personally done um the you want to do you need to do it outside not in the okay. garage not next to the garage uh, you want it you know 15 feet away from the house in case things go wrong uh, if you put something that's frozen or partially frozen in hot oil you're going to get a very violent reaction as the ice turns to steam and actually pushes that cooking oil out of the container. Oh, wow. This okay. actually happened to William, William Shatner. Oh, hmm. really? About 15 years ago, and he was severely burned on his arms because of it. And State Farm actually put out a PSA. I never knew that. That's it, crazy. <laughs> It's seven minutes long. It talks about how he got burned because he put a partially thawed turkey 
in there, and some genius on the internet actually took that, auto-tuned it, and turned it into a two and a half minute long song that I use as part of the cooking fire safety lessons in eighth grade. Which I now, love it. Oh, that's great. It's been traumatizing eighth graders now for <laughs> three years, and you can actually see it if you go to the cooking fire safety link on our website. Okay. You can find it. I'm definitely going to have to watch that for sure. <laughs> it sounds entertaining and uh, probably educational at the same time. It's educational and kind of traumatic. Oh, so okay. You will sit there and with, you will not be able to get that sound out of your head for of the auto, bad auto-tuned music. <laughs> so. Definitely going to have to check that out. And you said that's on your website underneath? It's under the mtlfd.org okay. website for cooking fire safety tabs. And... Uh, there's a lot of good stuff on there about how to keep your family yeah. safe when you're cooking, especially this time of year. Definitely. You all should check out that resource for sure that we have. Yeah. So uh, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be back with more with Lieutenant Chris Siegert on cooking safety during the holiday season. Welcome back to Inside Lebo. We're here with Lieutenant Chris Siegert from the Mount Lebanon Fire Department. Uh, we just spent our first segment talking about cooking safety, uh, but we also learned at the outset that candle fires are uh, one of the top reasons for calls to the Mount Lebanon Fire Department. Um, so can you talk to us a little bit about um, safety with candles uh, that people can take if they decide to burn them in their households? The simplest way to keep a candle safe if you're going to be there is use an electric one as silly as it sounds more and more of the folks i work with we've switched to electric candles to celebrate holidays now that's not going to work in every situation if i put an electric candle on my son's birthday cake right that's <laughs> not going to fly but we're also not leaving these candles burning and leaving the room leaving right. the house or anything like that uh, so if you have candles burning and you're celebrating something that's absolutely fine but there needs right. to be an adult in the room and that adult needs to be awake and so something that is unique to us here in Mount Lebanon is candles being the second most common cause of fires that we have responded to over the years nationally it's heating really okay space heaters and heating equipment like that why do you think our stats are different uh, a lot of that has to do with folks lighting candles because they look good and they smell nice right they make your house smell beautiful they do yeah. But if you fall asleep and leave and burn or forget that they're burning and go out for a walk or leave for the neighborhood, especially when you combine holiday candles and decorations around them, then you know, you've got your fuel and your heat source right there. And it doesn't take much for these candles to fail or something to fall on them or the wind to shift something on that one nice day that we get in December. And uh, it became enough of an issue that as we talk about fire prevention, with third graders, I actually told parents that I'm putting a bounty on unattended candles <laughs> uh, with the kids. And so they're actually told that if one of the adults you live with or older siblings are leaving candles burning and fall asleep or leave the room, you don't have to wake them up, you don't have to call us. I actually tell third graders the reason that your parents are falling asleep in the living room on the couch just because they're exhausted from having to deal with you. <laughs> Which Let, is totally accurate. <laughs> Let them sleep. But you can do something to save them and you can blow that candle out. You don't need to call the fire department to put out a candle. But just remember, if you did something that potentially saved your family and saved your pets and saved your, your home because of something that they didn't do, they owe you. 
Oh. So that's your look at that ice cream for dinner. That's those <laughs> Pokemon cards they won't give you. That's the oh I don't need a bedtime on this Friday. <laughs> All because they blew out a candle. All because they blew out a candle. Very smart. Not not every parent is particularly supportive of this initiative that I started. <laughs> I love it but though. I did suggest you know there's an easy way to keep that from becoming an issue. Right. And that's right. Just blow out your candles. So what if folks want to have a real candle? You know, they don't they don't want those electric ones. What are some ways to keep them safe? To keep them away from stuff that's going to catch on fire. Keep them away from the windows, the curtains, uh, away from decorations. So, and that is something when you look at the substantial holiday, you know, candle displays, right. and they've got a glass cover over them. And so keep the pets away from them. Oh, good point. That's I could see my dog getting the zoomies and running around and just knocking them over. Happy tail can be a dangerous thing sometimes. Absolutely. And so so can cats, who just yeah. some of which may just want to see the world burn. <laughs> <laughs> so how about uh, trees? I know, you know during the holiday season with Christmas trees and everything else, a lot of people uh, have live trees, and if they don't keep them properly watered, they can really dry out and become kind of a dangerous condition. So what advice can you give to our residents about how to stay safe while decorating their homes for the holiday season? If you're using a real tree, then make sure it's staying watered. And that's where going back to dogs, if you have a dog in the house, they may be counterproductive. So I had a dog that used to drink the Christmas tree water. I would have never thought of that. He was not a smart dog. And <laughs> I mean, there were better water sources around. He just liked the pine right. sap flavor, I guess. But Maybe it tastes good. Yeah. You and never it's know. Just taking care of the tree that you have. And then after the holiday season, get that thing out of the house because once they dry out, they burn very quickly. And there's some good resources online. Uh, Underwriters Laboratories has some good videos of demonstrating how quickly these Christmas tree fires can burn. And once the trees are, you know, dropping all their needles, all of that, don't get rid of it yourself, right? Put it out of the curb for Mount Lebanon to come around and pick it up, things like that, instead of putting it in the fireplace or um, starting a bonfire in the backyard with it. Both of which have happened. Okay. Both of which have not gone particularly well. Right. And that was so, what I assumed. Yeah, a yeah. Christmas tree that's dried out can totally, basically incinerate itself in thirty seconds. Oh wow! Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. And that's starting from. I mean, there's European traditions of putting live candles on trees, right. and that is something. It's from a fire safety standpoint. I can't get my. I understand that that's how it used to be a couple hundred years ago, but right. that's a tradition that needs to just end uh, from a fire safety standpoint. I'm sure. Yeah. But what yeah, are just, what are some of the other issues you're seeing during the holidays? You know, we talked about candles, we talked about cooking, trees, decorations, things like that. What are some other things that you see um, that our residents can prevent by maybe taking some safety measures? Right about now, it's as we're finishing up the leaf season, if you're breaking your leaves out into the street, don't park your car on them. And so that's something where you get the hot undercarriage of a car and you get a big pile of dry leaves, then you're, you're going to be taking the bus for a while after that. <laughs> Basically, I'm hearing don't combine dry things with flames. That's, that's, a, good, that's a good way to put it. So if you have yeah. a nice dry fuel source and you introduced to a heat source the other ingredient that every fire needs is oxygen and we can't make it safe by getting rid of the oxygen here because we kind of need that (laughs) 
but keep, keep, we want to keep heat sources about three feet away from anything that can burn so that quickly. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. And Stephanie, you are correct that Mount Lebanon will do Christmas tree collection. Yes. So uh, folks listening should keep an eye on our municipal website as well as Lebo Alerts. Uh, if you're not signed up for Lebo Alerts, make sure you sign up for them uh, because there's a lot of useful tips during the holiday season about um, you know not only when services are open and closed but also right. what services are available such as when uh, leaf collection ends or when uh, you know tree collection is happening and, and things like that absolutely we'll push it out on our social media as well all of that good stuff yes definitely so uh, lieutenant Seeger, one final question since it's you know starting to get cold out and um, you know some people uh, like to go out in the cold. Do you have any cold weather tips for our residents to, to help keep them safe, uh, both inside and outside? Uh, starting with inside, right about now, we start to see a dramatic increase in carbon dioxide incidents oh. due to gas water heaters and gas furnaces that we're kicking on. And if something happens to the vent to the exhaust for either of those, then the carbon dioxide that's supposed to go outside and dissipate then gets starts oh, wow. to store okay. inside the building in the basement uh, so last year we went to about 20 confirmed carbon monoxide incidents which is more than we went to fires oh wow and those were all incidents where the residents were able to catch it by having carbon monoxide detectors somewhere that they could hear and that it worked and so the folks that put them in the basement next to the appliances that make this stuff you're not going to hear that when it goes off at 3 in the right, morning. Right. And so we encourage everyone to move. If you only have one carbon monoxide detector, put it up outside the bedroom where it's actually going to wake people up. How so, many should you have? Uh, depending on the size of your house, one is probably one or two is okay. plenty. And there are some smoke alarms that will check for carbon monoxide as well. Okay. But the most important thing is it's not going to stay in the basement. It's going to mix all through the house. Right. So you want it somewhere where you're going to notice that it's going to wake you up. So you'll hear the one upstairs if you're downstairs watching TV. Right. But these activate well before you feel any symptoms, any before you get any nausea, before you uh, get a headache or anything like that. And that's when we want them to activate. Right. Because you should be should have no carbon monoxide in your house ever. That if you if that's detecting anything, then something's not right. And that's something you could call us for. That's a 911 call. We can come identify where it's coming from. And tell you what you need to do to make it safe that's saving a life too right i mean these yeah. can be very dangerous yeah carbon monoxide is something it's in large amounts it's deadly and there's you can't see it you can't smell it so is there a ideal place for a carbon monoxide detector like obviously smoke detectors are supposed to be on the ceiling but carbon monoxide detectors they'd be kind of low on the wall middle of the wall top of the wall uh mine's in the middle of the wall right outside my bedroom okay so okay. if you have a combination detector that does more than checks for more than one thing, put that up in the ceiling and it'll do just fine. Okay. Good to know. Awesome. Yeah. Anything else you're seeing right now this time of year? As we're going into slip, trip and fall with the icy weather season, oh, yeah. then, you know, be careful where you're walking and make sure to get those sidewalks shoveled. I know we have resources that we can call if you're having folks, if you're having trouble getting your walk cleared mm -hmm. and uh, just to keep everyone's safe and keep the kids safe and uh, if it looks icy it's probably it probably is <laughs> good point yeah absolutely don't walk in that yeah <laughs> or drive or drive definitely well thank you so much for being on our show today we really appreciate it 
Uh, that's it for this edition of Inside Lebo, produced by Carrie Monyo, with music by Drew Monyo and graphics by Chris Leeper. We'll be back in a few weeks with another episode of Inside Lebo. Thanks for listening to Inside Lebo, produced by Mount Lebanon's Public Information Office. Learn more about all things Lebo at mountlebanon.org or by following our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages. 